Hey, hey, welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Welcome, welcome. I'm super, super excited to have you here. We have an awesome episode in store for you. I've been in this industry for over 16 years, and it is my goal to bring thought-provoking conversations from business and beauty professionals to help us grow our business and expand our minds. And as I would say, it's not just lipstick, it's business. So we mixed in a little fun, and we drop episodes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcast as well. So make sure you check us out there and listen to it and subscribe there. Also click the bell in YouTube so that you don't miss an upload. You also want to make sure that you check out our podcast on our website at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can email us at hello at businessbeautynetwork.com. We are super excited to have you a part of this community. And here is today's episode. Hey, welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. We have two phenomenal guests today. We have James and Kimberly Smith. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I'm super excited to talk about you. Let me get a little bit of your bio. So James and Kimberly Smith are homegrown entrepreneurs from Detroit, Michigan, and have quickly become a driving force within the Midwest industry. They are responsible for shedding new light on this billion dollar industry by bringing in celebrity stylists, educators like Kim Kimball, Terry Hunt, Charles Gregory, and many more taste uh, makers to educate our up and coming cosmetology professionals. James and Kimberly Inferno Hair Show and iBeauty Expo have helped this industry blossom in Detroit. They will help transform this industry into a beautiful occupation that so many people have come to love. So welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to have you, James and Kimberly. So I like to start off like with a fun fact. So before we learn all about iBeauty Expo and all the things that you're doing, I want you both to tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing they probably wouldn't know about him is that wants to be a professional bass fisherman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to fish. Well, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people don't know. People that know me know I fish, but they may not necessarily know that I try to do it professionally. Like I'm like it's a big deal to me. Yeah. <laughs> With me they probably don't know. Um, let me see. I love horseback riding. Really? I am a big time boy when it comes Yes, Horseback riding. I love animals. I love, love, love animals. Awesome. Yes. So, f fishing and horseback riding. Right. <laughs> right. True right. And I like to fish as well. I'm very competitive. Awesome. Awesome. So, that sounds fun. I really am enjoying having you on because you are a husband and wife team. And I'm a husband and wife team uh, with my husband as well. But my husband is more behind the scenes. So before we learn, like, tell us, what has it been like working with your husband? Wow, I'll tell you this. I love it. He's my only boss. Um, when my father died, it was just like, it, he was there for me. He was exactly what I needed um, to get me on track and to bring out the vision that I always wanted and the dreams I always wanted. I needed him for that, you know. If, if I didn't have him for that, I probably would be still teaching school. So he, uh, he brings out the best in me, the best that 
I didn't even know I could do that I had inside of me. So he brings out the entrepreneur in me. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, working together, you know, it's, it's a good thing because you learn a lot about each other. You, the key is the balancing act. You know, sometimes it can be complicated separating the business from the relationship or the business from the marriage. And, and that line is weird because it's, it's very great, you know, because some of the, our debates, or if you want to call arguments, if you will, they're not really about our marriage. It's about our philosophy as to how we're approaching something. And so that's one of the things that that's, you know, kind of unedgy. But then on the other side of it, work and play is almost can be one and the same. Now we can travel. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, all business. It doesn't have to be all pleasure. You can have a working vacation and enjoy it, you know. And then you meet other people that's like you, and then you draw a lot of uh, power from the people that's, that's like you, and then they get certain energies from you too. So for us, it's been good. You definitely spend more time together than a lot of people who say maybe one work at the plant, maybe somebody else works at the post office. And then they got to come home and sort of, talk about their day. Whereas with us, we know how the day went. It was either super good or it was super bad. <laughs> you know. So then yeah. I have to remind him, okay, wifey time, cell phone off, it's date night. Take me out. Uh, yeah, that's, me that, out. Was, that's a, that was a difficult part for me to be able to, to get to because I felt, or at least, I, or at, least at, at one time I felt, that as long as we was together, whatever we was doing was good enough. And that isn't really true. No, it's not really true. Uh, there is a, you have to just separate. You got to make that separation, make the distinction. And for a while, I didn't really get that, you know. But after you have enough conversations about it, uh, you, you will learn. You will learn. <laughs> You'll learn. <again. laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I've had that experience myself. And I've been more like James, I would say. Like, okay, can you tone it down a bit? We're not working. <laughs> So, and I think it's a thing that entrepreneurs face in general. So, um, whether you're a beautypreneur or whatever you do, when you're in a relationship, learning how to separate that, how to cut it off, you know, when you um, are not working. And sometimes it's hard to separate. So, I appreciate you sharing that. That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about your beauty story. Like, how did you, you know, get into this industry? Why beauty? Uh, well, for, for me, it started printing. It was about business cards, flyers, and tickets. And it just so happened that I started in a flea market, uh, Mammoth Mall on Grand River and Greenfield, which was full of hairstylists, you know, budding entrepreneur girls at the time. And you didn't really have a place to get marketing materials. You had like American Speedy Printing, Kinko's. But they didn't do what you needed them to do. And so I sort of filled that gap, you know. And then after I started doing a lot of that work, you know, eventually I ended up meeting my wife, and then I was like, hey, you know, I could use like a spokesperson to go out here and sell this stuff for me. You know, and so she would do that. And then it got to a point where it was like, man, you need like a book. You got all these hairstyles and you can put a book together and you can help them make money. But just do it a little differently because people got tired of buying books. You know, if it was a hairstylist, she might have bought a book. But if it was just a girl who wanted her hair done, she would just read your book. You know, mm -hmm. or she would steal your book. Right. Right? And so it was just, we had to come up with a way where you could have one, and she could have one, and he could have one, and you could pick, you could actually call the people in the book 
and you knew that they were local, you knew that they were close by, and you could, and that person who spent money to advertise could actually earn a living. And uh, she was able to go out there and, and, and sell it. And, you know, I made it, I made a sample. And it's funny too, Kusi uh, was on our first little cover. It wasn't even a book, it was a, uh, it was a sheet of paper that folded down into like a little square. And uh, it started with that. And she went out, she sold it, she talked to people, and um, it just kind of went on from there. That's phenomenal. So you had already had a printing company, but you decided to create a book to help local advertise, local stylists advertise their business. Now, was it hard building that, getting um, getting out there, getting people familiar with your brand and advertising with you at first? I would say so. Kim would go out and she would come back and, you know, what she was selling, people already was familiar with it. But this idea of a book being free, the book being small, was probably the biggest hurdle. Because they were used to being able to see a book in the store. You know, they wanted to be on, you know, like palatial, you know what I'm saying? You walk into a beauty supply store and then your face is big or you're in this book. And this book that we had took on a different persona at first. So I think the first, you know, we did 11 issues before we actually like really was out there where people had respected it and said, hey, this is the book to do, you're gonna make money. But she could probably answer that better than me because she was actually out there selling it. So what was that like? You know, um, it was another way, another form for local stylists to promote themselves. So how did you go out and position this magazine? Well, I think the selling part was probably the easiest part for me because I'm a lady. I know how to talk to the majority of ladies that's uh, making me look beautiful. Making me look beautiful. So I sold them on the fact that beauty is therapy and we need you and we need to know about you. And if we don't know about you, then we can't support your business. So why don't you give us a try? Our magazine is free. It catered to a lot of people. If a lady sees this magazine or a gentleman, they're going to pick it up if it's free. So, and we guarantee results. I can guarantee you you're going to make some money if our magazines are free. Now, if you have to pay for a magazine, then I can't guarantee it. But 9 out of 10, if we're printing 20,000 copies and they're for free, and they're inside every beauty supply store, every gas station, every store, we're going to pick the book up. And that's how I sold them. Once they got on the first book, and they got tons of call and made money, it was history. They was calling me like crazy. Phenomenal. Now, I would say that marketing is something that I find in the beauty industry struggles with across the board. Yes. Like really putting themselves out there or understanding the importance of investing in marketing yourself as a beauty professional. Yes. So kind of talk about um, the importance of that and, you know, in all that you do. Okay. Marketing is the key to a, uh, to a successful business, I would tell everyone. Everyone. When I go out and sell, I'm in uniform. I have my uniform on now. I'm constantly branding myself. Whether it's on social media, if it's um, out and about. I made sure that when I was teaching at a job, I gave them eight hours, I gave myself eight hours to brand my business. So I'm out every day for eight hours, trying to brand my business, marketing, when I tell you from business cards to flyers, 
I don't just depend on social media where a lot of people just depend on social media. If you just depend on social media, I go to a lot of events and I see why they have no one in the audience because they just depend on social media. So marketing entails everything. It, you have to be able to use every avenue of marketing that you can use. You also have to make sure that if you are using social media, it's your business social media, that you're always using your social media to push your brand and not to push something that's not related because you never know who's on your, your social media looking at you could be a sponsor. And I'm always thinking about sponsorship dollars. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And marketing is everything. And I think people don't really realize that like, you're always being marketed to. I don't care, you ride down the street, you see a billboard, you listen to the radio. It's yes. everywhere. Social media, constantly. you know, that's constantly. And so our businesses is no different. So I'm really glad that that's something that you help the beauty community with. Now, so that's new clientele magazine that, that you uh, yes. provide for the beauty community. Now, so. What has, have you had any um, struggles with the beauty community, like far as like really trying to educate them on the importance of how they position themselves and how they represent themselves? Because I know this is something you've been helping them with as far as marketing. Right. So have you had any struggles with that? Well, I teach at some um, cosmetology schools, like uh, PNA Scholars Beauty School called me in a teacher marketing course. So when we teach a marketing course, we talk about the social media how important it is to uh, market your business and not market your family problems. <laughs> um, we, we talk about how to uh, get your LLC, how to uh, get your brand out there and don't just start a business without having your documentation in order right. or someone can come take your name because you didn't do your documentation. So that's very right. important to not just focus on, oh, I just have to get this business started just to say, I'm a, you know, I have my own hair salon and you have the same name as someone else. So it's a very important to also be educated on the documentation you need, Correct. you know, also with the marketing. And I think, too, a lot of the stylists, a lot of them birth their, their career, so to speak, out of the basement. Mm -hmm. A lot of them didn't begin in hair school or nail school. So they didn't really get a chance to run into somebody like her or anybody that talked about how to promote yourself. They just kind of did everything on word of mouth. And if, there was, if their customers told some customers, they thought that was the way to go. And to some degree, word of mouth is very valuable and is important. But at the same time, if you don't already have that going for you and you're trying to build something, you got to learn how to utilize some of the other avenues of promotion, whether that's flyers, business cards, or how to actually take full advantage of social media. And so that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people just don't know what they're supposed to do or the route to take to get in and to learn. Yes, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, and that's why I do what I do because I, I we're not lacking in the art side, but it's the business side yes. that's lacking. We know how right? to create the product, yeah. we know how to market the product. Right, And right. the product is that person, their skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think that, that that is across the board a struggle sometimes. And this industry can sometimes come off as unprofessional. I feel like for the lack of knowledge, just not really having a proper knowledge on how to how to handle customer service or how to properly yes. run a business and all of those things. 
Well, that's one thing, and that's kind of what led us into the expo part of what we do. You know, the, the book was first, mm -hmm. and then the expo, it just kind of one of those things that we were like, you know, this, this just seemed like the next step. I think that's the way we looked at it. And so we started doing hair shows. But eventually, as we began to travel around the country, it was expos. It was the learning component. It wasn't just about competing. That's a fun part of it. We enjoy that part, too. But you got to teach these people something, you know. And there's new stuff coming out that could really help a lot of people only if they knew. And so I think one of the things that got us into that was just the educational part with that. And then that sort of like birthed the expo or the iBeauty Expo concept. I think it's great that you guys provide so many educational classes for beauty professionals because I feel like outside of beauty school, a lot of people fail to get that extra education or understand the importance of it. And you can really fall behind in this industry if you're not staying on top of the trends, learning the latest techniques and different things like that. So, like, how long have you been doing iBeauty Expo? Well, the first show was an expo. We did it starting in 07. And we did a few shows in Detroit. We did shows in Chicago. And after we came back from that Chicago show, it was probably, what, maybe 2010? I'm not sure. It, it might, might have been later 2010. 2014 or 15? It might, yeah, it might have been later than that. It might have been 2014. And we did a show where we did, like, the some classes, you know, earlier. You know, and then we did a class, like, you know, it was turned into a two-day thing. And um, it got to the point where it was like, we could really, like we could really, really do this. Like for real, like people liked it. But, but the thing about it was most people that go to an individual class, they pay way more, you know, for a single class. You know, you want to learn. I remember when the 360 Frontals first came out. People wanted $400 to do a one-on-one -on -one to show you how to do it, you know. Well, I'm just saying, but that was what Detroit was charging. If you was in places like California, I mean, the sky was the limit out there. So I was like, what if we could get people that were that knew how to educate, or at least wanted to try, maybe for the first time, we brought some of those people on board and gave them an opportunity to show what they knew how to do. And let's put them all in one room, let's make a day out of it, you know, and let's make the price reasonable where the average person who might just be fresh out of high school, Maybe they're in college. Maybe they're you know, 21. They just want to get started. And they're not necessarily prepared just yet to get formally into school. They know that they should, but they just want to learn something. They're already working in the basement or they're working in somebody's shop. And I just want to try to get my feet wet. Maybe I, I want to see if I even like it. You know, and I think that we open up that door for a lot of people, not just on the consumer side, but on the education side. A lot of people that work with us have did a course for the first time. You know, now they're going all over the world teaching, whereas they may not have necessarily been welcome at some of the much, much larger venues because they don't have the, the background, they don't have the history. So I think that's one of the things that helped us out. We were able to kind of give the person that was just getting started an opportunity and they felt welcome. And I think that's like, like really what makes us a little different, you know, than a lot of other people. Yeah, I can see that. And that is phenomenal that you're able to do that and bring new and up-and-coming artists instead of just, you know, the ones everyone already knows. But I love, because how do you get your start if no one ever gives it to you? You know, how do you get the experience if you can never gain it, right? So I love that. 
you're able to do that. And in addition to that, also creating a platform for them to showcase their talents and skills. So let's talk about that part as well. Well, yeah, I mean, like the hair show part, hair show's been around for a while. Okay, you could you, you jump back to Billy K. Sancho's, Hump the Grinder, Tracy Gilliam, Charles Hicks, uh, Goldfinger, you name it, show's been around. I think what made ours different was the competitive aspect of it. You know, winning money for it. You know, that brings out a different individual. You can just get on stage and do whatever and get off and everybody clapping is good. That's cool. But when you gotta compete, that makes you have to think a little harder. Many of our uh, competitions are theme-based. So you gotta think about it. You can't just get up here and say, I think I wanna do this today. We got a theme, you know. And so you gotta focus on that. And I think that brings out a different kind of person. You know, that person has to be able to be okay if they don't win. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, if it's just a free-for-all, yeah, everybody will compete. But when you go to putting down specifics, you know, and then like I said, we do trophies and we offer a lot of other added benefits besides financial component. You know, we bring in advertising opportunities, opportunities to go around, you know, the country with us, things that other people weren't necessarily offering. And I think that's what kind of set us apart. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes it it's not just a hair show. It's a hair show opportunity. It's a little bit of both. It's an expo. It's an expo. It's, it's all of that. So, what is your mission overall with the IBD Expo? Oh, wow, that's, it's like, the, the mission keeps broadening, you know, like, at first we just wanted to fill up a room, right, you just wanted to educate a few people, and then as you start getting around, you start realizing, like, it's so much more we could do, you know, when we started dealing with uh, celebrity talent, you know, bringing people in that, that made you feel like, now, you, you know, you, can, you didn't have to just be a hairstylist. Now you could be a celebrity stylist. You can have a career in television, you know. You could be doing things outside of just working with, you know, everyday people. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also think that it wasn't a lot of venues that gave you an opportunity to put your hands on the people that you watch on TV. You know, you know if, you can, if you can talk to a Kim Kimball, or, you know, if you could have spoke to Charles Gregory before he passed. You know, you, you were talking to people that was next to Tyler Perry, that's next to Oprah, that's next to Gabriel Union. And that provides a whole different level of inspiration. And I think once I saw that that was starting to emerge, the mission got even larger. So I don't really, I don't know if I have a real end game at this point. We've done so much. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that we could get everybody to come to be able to fulfill their God-given talent. You know, I mean, that's what I like to think of. And the mission is to have Detroit as the mega capital again. So instead of them going to Bonner Brothers all the time, mm -hmm. yeah, where too. our focus is to keep the IBD Expo in Detroit, Detroit made the biggest Expo that's in Detroit, Michigan, and that's our goal. So our goal is, instead of Bonner Brothers being, a, you go to Bonner Brothers in Atlanta, you're coming to the IBD Expo in Detroit, Michigan. Every year, that's our mission. And I know we were always considered the hair capital, right? But, yes. But now they're saying, you know, it's Atlanta, you know. But I feel like the Atlanta people, the Detroit people move to Atlanta. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's all that is, right? Right. So uh, what, are, what do you think about that? Like, how do we get back to being the hair capital? We get back to what we're doing now. You know, we have people right now calling us from Atlanta. 
asking us about the IBDS code, and they're flying into Detroit now. Right. They're yeah. calling. They're calling us. We have people calling from California. What's going on with the IBDS code? And I believe as long as we keep it in the summer, a lot of people will come. They don't want to come to the IBDS school in the winter where they have to deal with the snow. But as long as we keep it in the summer, we're going to be the biggest thing that's happening in Detroit, the IBDS. And I think, too, one of the things that gave Rod Brothers that, you know, that extra push, it was in part because, you know, we took the best out of Detroit and we went there and showed out and we won the competitions. And so we came back home, but we only showed out when we left. So, so when you go to Atlanta, right, or, you know, they went there, they was like, oh, wow, you know, everything is happening in Atlanta. I'm not really thinking about where the talent's coming from. And so that's why people from here still know Detroit as the hair capital. They know Little Willie and Mr. Little and Big Bad D and all them people. So for us, it was like, just bring it home. It was always here. And nothing against the other shows. I mean, because they all have something to offer. You know, but I just think that for us, you know, if we're going to try to hold on to that title, there should be something here that's worthy of that title. And that, and that and that's us as far as I'm concerned. And when so far, every show is getting bigger. This one coming up this weekend will be just as big, if not the biggest one we've ever done. And uh, it's going to be a, a launching platform to keep moving. Now, what do you think has contributed to your success thus far? Wow. Uh, I, I think that has contributed to our success so far is the fact that me and him stay on the same path and that we're working as a power team that we can talk about each other's vision, what we see for the IPD Expo. You know, it's good to disagree and agree and come to one agreement to say, hey, this is best for the brand. And that is what keeps us together. The fact that I can have an opinion, he can have an opinion, and we're going to come together and we're going to make it big. Now, he's the visionary when it comes to big. I'm the visionary when it comes to bringing the people together. I'm going to go get the people. But he is most definitely saying, no, we want it big. And I consider it was up to me, it'd probably be a smaller event, but he don't, he's like, no, it has to be a big event. I'm like, okay, well, what takes to be a big event? How many people do we need? I'm a math person. I used to teach math, so I need numbers. So if I need a thousand people, how can I get a thousand people to make this event big? And that's what I focus on. Yeah, for, for, for me, I think what makes it work in part is to just look at the core, the, the core facts. What is it that people really want? What do they want? I think a lot of us as business people, we give people what we want them to have. Right. Okay, we give them what we think we want them to have. If people will tell you what they really do want, and then at that point, focus on giving it to them. You know, every other culture that comes to Detroit, that's the principle that they arrive with. Give them what you want. You know, it may not be good for you. Give them what you want. For us, <laughs> for us, I don't necessarily agree with just give them anything. I believe in giving you what you want within reason. Give you what you want that's really going to benefit you so that you don't resent me later. If I offer you education to help you make money, you'll be happy with me. When I walk in your shop, you're glad to see me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want a situation where I sold you something and it didn't do you any good. And now when I show up, you really don't want to see me. And so I think that's the other part of it. Give people what they want. Give them value. That's all people ever pay for. 
You buy value. You don't buy things. You buy what those things mean to you. And so I know at the end of the day, you, you're working with hairstylists and barbers and customers because that's what provides you a livelihood. You know, and you enjoy doing it. Now, if I can help you do that better, then that's going to give me a longer, that's give me longevity and that's give me a stronger platform to stand on. And I think that too. So we take into account of what she said and give people what they want and need and give it to them at a price they can afford. I like that. That's an interesting take on it. <laughs> give the people what they want and need at a price they can afford. And for what they can afford. <laughs> yes. Whatever it is, whether it's education, whether it's clothing, whether it's fashion, whether it's entertainment, period. Okay, so you have your next show coming up this weekend, yes. the 18th and the 19th, so at Huntington, right? Yes. So tell us what, what they can expect, like, you know, show off a little bit of something. People's going to be here, class, the stuff is going on, like, tell us this stuff. Oh, wow. I'm looking at it like, oh, you're going to do it? <laughs> well, Saturday we have over 20 educational classes from here nail makeup classes we have the man weave class we have the smp class for all those barbers out there we have the barbie ponytail we're offering micro links the magnetic nails five star designs for nails makeup classes we have a little bit of everything that you can think of we have even a class about if you want to get your own school started how do you get your own school started we have a wonderful uh, school owner that's coming in that's talking about it and that's Saturday from like 9 to 6 p.m. We shut the doors for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. We reopen back up at 7 p.m. And we have the incredible cut party where hairstylists and barbers will be cutting hair live on stage, entertaining, competing for 10,000 in cash and prizes. Oh, wow. So once Saturday in the cut party, then Sunday, which is June the 19th, here we go again, the Infernal Hair Show. We have the Battle of the Kings, where the men are doing here live on stage for Father's Day. We have the Battle of the Queens, where the ladies are doing here live on stage. We have the Fantasy Hair, big hair competition. We have the Fantasy Nail competition. We have the Long Hair Don't Care, Short Cut with Color. We have the Roaring Twenties, for anybody to know about those Twenties. We have Student Competition, which is the Roaring Twenties. So we have a lot going on. Now, I don't know. Yeah. Tell everybody um, where they can find the tickets and all of that. Right now, tickets are online at www.ibeautyexpo.org. Uh, we have a link on Eventbrite. And, uh, you know, pretty much that's the main two sources right now. They can call us directly. You can contact my wife at 313 575 3875. Thanks, James. I truly appreciate that. I appreciate you as well. James and Kimberly, IBD Expo will have all the information in the show notes. As always, stay great, and we're out. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.